Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Craig Bowler Jack coming up here momentarily. We'll get Bowler's thoughts on what he's seen thus far in the Jazz three games that they've returned to action. Of course, they're one and two. Uh, Saturday's game against uh, Oklahoma City was rough, no doubt. And uh, they hung with the Lakers for a bit, but ended up taking the L there as well. And now up next is Memphis, Gordon. i got to admit, I'm, I'm excited to watch me a little John Morant. Yeah, he's he's terrific. He's exciting. Yes, he is. Uh, But right now, the Jazz, they have concerns regardless of who they're playing. And really, there are no good – we talked about this earlier in the show, that uh, if you were going to face somebody in the West, who would you pick? Well, there aren't a whole lot of easy choices there. There really aren't any. There's stuff put together, yeah. There really aren't. I mean, maybe maybe somebody like Memphis or San Antonio or whoever plays their way into that eighth slot. But the Jazz aren't going to play them, so that's not really – that's not really an option, unfortunately. All right, uh, it's time to talk to Bowler. His uh, interview each and every week presented by our friends at University of Utah Health. They take care of Utah like Utah takes care of each other. Let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Is the television voice of the Utah Jazz, our good friend Craig Bowler. Jack, what up, Bowler? Hey, Jake. Gordon, how are you? Doing well, thanks, Bowler. You doing there, all right? What how are you, that? Bowler? Are you doing all right? You oh, hanging yes. in there? Yes, I am good. Uh, it's good uh, to call some games. Uh, some fans were around, but we're doing the best we can with what we've got, right? Well, tell us about that, Bowler. How's it going so far? I know, I know it's new, but you know, us, uh, the viewer, seems to uh, be going pretty well. Uh, I'd say I'm, I'm, a, I'm a perfectionist. I wish we had, uh, you know, uh, the crowd there, but we can't. And, you know, we're trying to replicate some of those noises during the broadcast to bring energy and entertainment as well. Uh, I did see Bear on virtual uh, reality fan on the fan board last night. So good to see him a couple of times. He changed, uh, I think, outfit three or four times. So, you know, I, I, again, I think it's what it is. And, uh, winning always makes it easier. Uh, last night, competitive game. Uh, listen to you and PK on the drive home. There were some good things, but also where the Jazz have um, on t- at times, Jake and Gordon stubbed their toe and and not helped themselves with the first and uh, the inability to knock down three point shots. So, uh, you know, tip of the hat to the Lakers, to the two guys, uh, AD and LeBron. That's quite a combo. Uh, they're not that deep bench-wise, minus Kuzma, but you know, to get the job done. And I thought the Jazz played head spurts, but also there was a three or four-minute stretch there that the Jazz uh, let the game slip and slide away. And um, it's tough to beat the Lakers uh, when you do that. What are your thoughts, Bowler, on the way the Jazz are shooting the ball from the perimeter? Uh, are you seeing solutions? What would your solution be? Well, I mean, gosh, the simple one is hit them, make them. I think they're open, Gordon. I mean, have you guys seen the same thing right that I'm yeah. looking at? I think the rotations have been there. 
I think the shots have been there. But, again, when the Jazz suffer, struggle, however you want to describe it, it comes in waves and bunches. It's not just one player. It, it infects the entire team. And Niang is struggling. Uh, Jordan Clarkson is struggling. And Joe Ingles also has, has, has had issues. Uh, you know, those three guys, and, you know, I've got to uh, help help the cause. Uh, the bench really hasn't come through at this point. But I do like the fact the shots are there. They're not being really denied, right, on the rotation. I thought, quote, blender, as Quinn has used multiple times over the years, I thought the ball movement was much better, crisper, more energy last night. But again, to win in this league, you got to hit the three ball, and uh, that has not been the case so far in these uh, the first three games in the bubble. Give me your thoughts on Mike Conley, Bowler. I think he's played pretty well so far, especially last night. He was great. Yeah, um, you know, I think that's Mike Conley. I, I don't know if fans are expecting something else, but that's what Mike is. That's who he is. And I thought he, uh, you know, moved the floor. I thought, uh, you know, he took shots, made them. Uh, he's also gotten the paint and been very effective with his floater to get it over the top of bigs. Um, I think he has shared the ball. Um, and I think he understands, too, that he doesn't have to do it all. But, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell was superb last night in many ways. And I thought the combination of the two together really had a duel with the front line, the two bigs, uh, including uh, LeBron and, and Anthony Davis last night and, and caught a, a shootout. Really, I mean, that was it. Uh, both benches did not do a lot. And it was basically just uh, the front line of the Lakers against the guard line of the Jazz. So with Rudy Gobert doing what he does, Bowler, he's 6-6 six six from the floor last night. Does he need the ball more, or do you think he's being effectively blanketed and he's just not going to get more than, say, six opportunities a game? You know, Gordon, it's, it's a great question. and One, I wish we had time to sit down and look at film again because I need to answer that question myself. And what film would show me is the turnovers that occurred last night and how many of those passes went to Rudy uh, and that were in his reach? Uh, was he truly open? Is there confidence with each and every player? I think Donovan has, has proven that he has trust in Gobert in these early three games. Uh, you know, Joe had five assists. Uh, that's, that's really, you know, a great question, Gordon. I mean, I think the three ball is so in vogue that sometimes you give up a good look inside on a kick out for three. Um, and that's going to happen. And I think that's what's going to happen more and more in this league is a three ball dominates. But, um, you know, I, I still think in the fear factor is the turnovers, the Jazz have issues trying to put the ball inside against a lot of defenses. They've got to make crisp pass, as Quinn has said before to me, you know, if you're going to make the pass, mean it. Make sure it gets there and not lazily just kind of hangs in the passing lane where teams can reach out, take the ball, and run it down your throat in, uh, in a transition fast break, you know, bucket. So I think that may be one of the most important questions to answer. You know, what is a good night for Rudy on touches? And that is something maybe only Quinn – uh, has the answer to on how many touches he liked to you know to get Gobert, 
I think it dictate it's dictated too, right, by probable matchup. Um, you know, JaVale McGee's a big guy himself. In fact, that's one of the biggest lines in the league with Anthony Davis, LeBron, and JaVale McGee. Um, and I know he wants the ball more. He said that, you know, throughout his career, um, more touches, and he is incredibly consistent on top of the rim. But also some turnovers occur, too, when the Jazz try to force the ball to him. Bowler with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Bowler, uh, you've been around Joe Ingles a lot, and you I think you've probably called most every game of his uh-huh. NBA career. And he didn't play particularly well last night, but he's, he only took five shots and four threes. Is he ever – will he ever shoot more? I, I think he needs to shoot more with no Bogdanovich in the lineup, and he just doesn't appear willing to do it. Well, I won't argue that, Jake. I think you're right. I like to see uh, those shots come into, into Joe's hands. I think also, man, I think he feels pressure to be a facilitator at times. You know, he's, he's an incredible assist man, and really he's kind of the, the point the, 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 the point guy for Gobert. Uh, I think there's a lot of trust with Rudy, with Joe, finding him and putting the ball where it has to be. Uh, Jordan Clarkson is a high-volume shooter who's struggling in a big way. Uh, and maybe Joe feels when the shot does hit his hands or the opportunity he needs, and just like George, I think there's so much pressure to make the three now that, again, you, 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 you put stress and pressure on that shot. Instead of just doing your thing, uh, I think if you have a pause or a doubt or a thought before you release a ball, usually you have, you have a, a, a missed shot. Gordon, you've said it before, and I know, Jake, you have as well. I don't think Joe Ingles has forgotten how to play the game, right? I don't think he's forgotten how to hit threes. Uh, George Niang has had 42% most of the season, and I don't think he's forgotten. Um, so uh, what's what's always been interesting to me is that when it hits the Jazz, it's not just one player. It just kind of the wave hits all of them from outside, uh, especially the bench in this particular matter. So, uh, you know, I think Joe would take the shot if, if if it's coming his way. Clarkson has taken some of those shots, obviously, off the bench. They run a lot of guard sets. Uh, we didn't see as many four-guard looks last night as we did in the first two games but and some in the scrimmages. But, yeah, I'm all for Joe with the green light. And I, and I think, again, you've got to shoot yourself out of it, right? you got to see one go in. And, again, Thurl and Matt would tell you, you know, as a former player, what's the best way to cure maybe the the lack of confidence or the doubt? Is it go inside and see it go in and then take your game out? Maybe that may be the cure for both Clarkson, Niang, and Joe. Speaking of Clarkson, uh, he, 4 of 17 against the Thunder and then against the Lakers, 2 of 13. 1 of 9 from uh, the three-point arc. Uh, Bowler, do you believe that the Jazz are fragile enough so that if they have one key player play like that, that it's curtains for them? Uh, They are a system team, um, and that is kind of an interesting comment, Gordo. I think there's some some truth to it. Everyone has to play their role. Everybody has to be in the same spot or in their spot in the rotation and the way that ball moves. They can't afford turnovers. Uh, because buckets on the other end sometimes are hard to come by. Now, if they play defense, as we've seen them in the past do, they can run it down the opponent's throat and get easy buckets in transition as well. 
and that hasn't happened to this point. So, um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. I, you know, I don't know where what the Jazz plan will be. Memphis tomorrow against John Morant. That's an early game, by the way. Uh, so, you know, I think they've got to see some progress for their in, in their own minds and see the ball go. Excuse me, into the net. And hopefully they can turn this around. If not, you slip slide away. Right now, you're in the five spot. You don't have the tiebreaker. Uh, you know, Dallas is a team that has depth and shooters as well. I mean, you can see the Jazz drop your front opponent. The Houston Rockets again in round one. So, uh, left four games. Uh, we hit the halfway point, pardon me, five, hit the halfway point tomorrow and then four to go before uh, the playoffs. So, Bowler, I want to ask you uh, an impossible question because Gordon and I have uh, been debating this for a while now, and I, I still don't think that we have an answer to this. Out of the most likely teams the Jazz will play in the playoffs, and so we're thinking we're thinking Oklahoma City and Houston, but let's, let's throw Dallas and Denver in there for fun. Out of okay. those four teams, which would be the best matchup for the Jazz? Wow, really good. Uh, I think all of them have their, their difficulties. Um, I think the Jazz and the fans themselves don't want to see Harden and Westbrook, uh, so let's knock them out. Uh, Denver, I think, with uh, the Joker and Gobert intrigues me. I think that that matchup uh, would be doable. Dallas uh, with Luka, um, doable. And the other team that I don't think we match up well against, uh, I think the Thunder proved their athleticism and depth in the guard line. I would throw out the the Rockets and the Thunder right now. Uh, Chris Paul just has a way against the Jazz, as Harden does, and I don't see him slowing down. I thought he would. I thought he'd kind of cash it in this year uh, after the the deal. But, you know, instead they've used their draft picks in those trades that trade pretty well. Uh, to rebuild that team in a, in a pretty quick way. They're fast, they're physical, and they're very athletic. So if I'm going to whittle it down to two, I guess it would be Denver and Dallas. Um, of those two, who do you like? I mean, uh, Jokic has triple-double ability, but I'm not really sure outside that a lot of a lot of help. Paul Millsap uh, is, has aged and not as an impact player as he once was. He may get it every – you know, he may get that – that that ability every third game, but uh, boy, Luca and the Mavericks seem to really be um, when they're on, they're on. Even though they've had their issues too. So, anybody want to take her on those? On those <laughs> two? Bowler, you know what I'm thinking of as you're talking there. It's it's remarkable how how tough that three through seven is in the West. Oh, it's it's insane. I mean, I, I you want to look at basketball on the East versus the West. You'll, you'll have people, you know, in the in the East media, you know, compare and, and probably debate. But look, what the Jazz and all these teams are up against, and those trying to fight fight for that eighth spot with Memphis. Wow, I mean, San Antonio is working their tail off to try to get there. The Pelicans as well, and I mean, it is a tough road uh, to get to the top eight, let alone try to be a top four team in the West. But you know, I don't know. Maybe I'd take Dallas. Uh, just because maybe a little more lack of experience. I don't know. But good coaching matchups on both sides of the ball, no matter who you play. Well, 
Yeah, there just isn't a good answer. I think that's why Gordon and I have been going back and forth so much because it's all difficult. And, you know, Oklahoma City really worked the Jazz over on Saturday. That might still be my answer, even though it's not a great matchup. I think the Jazz are closer to OKC having more talent. Uh, Dallas, the inexperienced thing, I think is absolutely a factor. So maybe the answer there is is Dallas. Uh, but, 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 Jake, as you're talking about that, it makes me wonder, okay, uh, when you think of the Rockets, you think of an offensive club that is tough to stay to keep up with. But when you saw what the Thunder did to the Jazz, do the Jazz want to run into that kind of defensive pressure when they're struggling to, to hit outside shots? Uh, there is a real debate here about which – which uh, kind of philosophy on any team would be most difficult for them? I guess if they're not making their outside shots, all of them are difficult. Yeah, no, that's the point. If you make threes, then this this whole discussion is different, right? But we already had a taste of the thunder, and and I thought I was really impressed with the on-ball defense on the perimeter from the get-go, and I just thought they had more energy and their depth was uh, athletic, and I thought they just continue to run the jazz run at them and showed you know athletic de- and, and defensive ability throughout the night uh, but if you hit threes i think it changes the whole attitude of the playoffs and the way the jazz approach it the jazz get their three ball back then you know watch out they were number two by the way they haven't forgotten have they to shoot the three they were 38 percent during no. the regular season before the shutdown from outside they were they were dynamite on on given nights uh, from outside. Right now in the bubble, that's not been the case. Bowler, thank you as always for jumping on with us. We appreciate it. And, uh, hey, I'll uh, see you here in this building uh, tomorrow afternoon. Jake, uh, drop by. I mean, I'm not far from you. I know we're trying to keep distance. But I will say this. I keep hearing whispers of fans. It's really weird inside that building. Uh, building. The building wants fans back. I mean... There's no doubt about it. There's nine of us in there. It's, it's really an eerie. It's, it's kind of strange to know there's only nine people, actually, I think, during the broadcast inside that building. And, um, well, I've, I just miss the energy inside that place. Uh, and I know a lot of fans do, too. It's been eerie, Bowler. I mean, you know, our station, and usually it's just the show going on at the time, It's it's been us in this building and security, and that's it. It's it's this weird, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the parking lot in the back is basically empty. I mean, it, it I'm with you. This this building is, is calling for fans. Yeah, Bowler. well, I've learned, I've learned how to use the uh, electronic uh, thermometer who tells you verbally yeah. you're okay. <laughs> I mask up. I take my separate elevator. I go up. I do the game. I come back down and drive home. It's uh, it's pretty sterile, to be honest. Yeah, it's weird. Bowler, you get you get Jake on the uh, on the broadcast somehow. Uh, I want to see his face on there, and dinner's on me. Nobody wants that. Well, Jake, I don't know how we can do that. Well, we can mask you up. And maybe uh, work that out. Um, you want to jump on a – can you be a virtual fan? You, maybe I can do that. I, I, I won't <laughs> crash your, your broadcast bowler. I, I, hey, look, I, I mean, that. I wish we could bring in just – you know, I wish we could bring in a lot of folks to crash the party, but we can't, right? Yeah. Got to be safe. But, Jake, yeah. if you can mask up and maybe walk – you know, like, why don't you just walk behind us? Is that an there idea? There you go. I mean, yeah. <laughs> How about that? Just like, like I'm lost. Yeah, like you're lost. Is, is the bathroom over here? Just stare at the ceiling and down at the floor. Got it. It's it's a deal. Easily done. I I, I was told that uh, that it was uh, Elmo and Sesame Street Day here at the arena. Am I wrong about that? That get canceled? What happened? 
Yeah. That's I, uh, what you can use as the excuse. <laughs> I'm I'm here to see uh, uh, Lady Gaga. Is that yeah, uh, was Lady that canceled? Gaga. I I don't know. I'm here to see the ice show, Disney on Ice. What is happened? this? Not the rodeo. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I will, Bowler. Hello. I'll come. I'll come say hi, though. I'll come give you All a right. wave. All right, guys. Hey, All right, be buddy. good. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. Uh, I kind of huddled up again sometime soon. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Thanks, Bowler. The great Craig Bowler, Jack. Catch him on the call. Tomorrow's game, by the way, uh, Gordon, is at 12.30. Uh, pre-game on uh, the Zone Sports Network begins at 11.30. And, of course, AT&T Sportsnet will have all the action for you. Jazz and Grizzlies in a game I think uh, we both probably expect them to win, right? You would think so, but not if they don't shoot. Yeah. All right. We'll have more coming up next. We have uh, Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Shout out to Scott, who wanted uh, Little Alice in Chains on a Total Request Tuesday. Angry songs is today's theme. Because so, Austin was angry. It's been cathartic. Did it feel better? No. Is that what cathartic means? I think it's supposed to, like, if it's cathartic, it helps you feel better. I thought cathartic yeah. meant you, you, it helped you through the emotion, but did not remove the pain of said emotion. Yeah. I could be wrong. Porsche, Porsche, you know. <laughs> it is Porsche. I don't. I I still think you're wrong. I think it's Porsche. Do you want to uh, make a, an incriminating audio bet on that? Oh no, because I'm well, right. You could both find people to say it's. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to no, put you in no, that no, position. Let's go to the source. Let's go to the Porsche people and see what they say. What do they know? Well, They're pronouncing they, the name of the car wrong. And you've given them millions of dollars over the years, so right. they'll side with you. Exactly. It's their company. They would know how to say the name. I doubt it. <laughs> the guy who created GIFs said that they're pronounced GIFs, and yet nobody cares about that. That's fake news, by the way. He said they were pronounced GIFs. But people call them GIFs. Yes. Fine. Well, either way, it's, you know. The people of Hurricane Utah say it Hurricane Utah. That doesn't make them right. Correct. Exactly. Porsche it is. Decided. You owe me some incriminating audio now. No way. <laughs> All right, I will fight you. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for Drop of the Day. Uh, Also knows sounds of various clips. Uh, Austin found this one today, and this is a principal in Alabama. Is that right? Who did a... That is correct. Can't touch this MC Hammer parody, but it's for his students coming back to school. So here you go. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. My, my coronavirus hits me so hard. All the teachers say, oh, my Lord, COVID is stressing me. All the updates from the CDC. Lysol can't be found. I've looked all around this town. I've had no luck. And these are the things you can't touch. I told you, students, you can't touch this. You better pull that mask up. You can't touch this. It's the CDC, not me. You can't touch this. Hey, don't wash your hands. You can't touch this. Fresh new rules and plans. Let's all be safe. Go wash your hands. So move back up six feet. You better not cough and you better not sneeze. Annotation. 
hold on, let me check your temp, not under your arm, like that, like that, you're all clear, go to the back, everybody says that this is too much, and these are the things huh, you can't touch, yo, I told you, you can't touch this, why are y'all standing so close, back up, can't touch this. Every time you see me, Dr. Lee is sanitized. I'm gonna keep my hand clean because the cases are on the rise. Now, why would I ever stop doing this while others getting ill? I don't wanna be sick. I've been to all the classroom from upstairs into the gym. It's Lee, go Lee, Dr. Lee, yo, doc, you're late. Look at the clock. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Break it down. Six feet. Stop sanitize. Love it. Absolutely love it. That's amazing. Four and a half million views. Wow. And it's been posted. It was posted July 28th. What's you know, that, six days ago, eight days ago? You know, MC Hammer has got to be 93 years old now, so <laughs> I don't know if, if your modern student will really identify with that, but I'll tell you what, I loved every second of it. Well, to quote Dr. Lee, he says MC Hammer is everybody's hero, and that's why he made this video. Well, that's the truth. Uh, you're not <laughs> my hero. <laughs> yeah, hero? He did do one of my favorite commercials ever that what what I don't even remember what it was for, but where it was like MC Hammer and had his big mansion and then it showed him outside of his big mansion like he lost all his money looking in. What was that? Uh, ah, now I can't remember. That was a pretty funny commercial. Though. What's the first thing you think of when you hear the name uh, Hammer? Oh, is it nationwide? Okay. Yeah, he's in front of a foreclosed sign on his <laughs> yeah. house. Yeah. So funny. The first thing I think of when I it's think It's hammer of, time. Hammer? Oh. I, hammer time. Or the pants. Pants, yeah. Uh, I think of, uh, you better bring a hammer with you because you got a lot of digging to do. But. That's true. <laughs> what about Too Legit to Quit? That was another uh, hammer song. How about T-U-R-T-L-E Power? Wasn't that, I thought that was uh, Vanilla Ice. No, he was Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. Oh, okay. When was the last time uh, MC Hammer had a hit song? That one. When was he last sober? <laughs> Is he one of those guys that made so much money early quick that he didn't have to do anything after that? Isn't he a, a mega church owner now, though, Gordon? I think. Oh, is he? I don't know. I could be wrong there. Here's the thing with one-hit wonders, Gordon. Are they one-hit wonders because they don't try again, or are they one-hit wonders because they were only capable of, of producing one-hit song? <laughs> I don't know. Is you know, did did MC egg? did MC Hammer just say, you know what, I don't need to work anymore, or did every every other project he worked on just turn to complete garbage? Well, said one of said projects, the 1990s, late 1990s, when he became a preacher and hosted a television show called MC Hammer and Friends, where they just read the Bible. Wow. All right. You well, watch that, that sounds, one? That sounds very set the DVR. Yeah, seriously. MC Hammer and Friends. Doesn't sound like a church show, but well, it sounds like a like a Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> it does. <laughs> In fact, there was a Saturday morning cartoon starring MC Hammer. There was. Oh, I'm pretty sure. I seem to Hammer have Hammer Man. You're right. Yeah, there was one season. Four point okay, three out of ten real, on real IMDb. Quick. Ooh, not good. Bringing, bringing that up, how many artists have actually had cartoons? 
Uh, well, uh, Van, Van Gogh didn't. Many. What? The Beatles did. Rembrandt didn't. The, the, did, the Van did, Gogh did. cartoon. Mo- Monet, last I checked, oh, he didn't bro. have one. <laughs> Pollock? I'd watch all those before Hammerman. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, in answer to your question, monkeys have a, a cartoon. I don't. Oh. I don't know. I have no idea. Bill Cosby did, but that's not real popular to bring up these days. <laughs> yeah. Pat Albert, yeah. Uh, what about uh, what about that Bobby guy? Bobby's World. Yeah, it's Bobby's World. Yeah, yeah. That guy was that guy was <laughs> a comedian, right? Or Louis Anderson had a Saturday morning cartoon. I think it was That's just called true. Louis. Yeah, you're no Life with Louis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes, I put Louis Anderson and the Beatles on the same level. Yeah. It's Bobby. And that guy. All right. Well, I I don't want to talk to you guys anymore. What? You're done because we're we're piling on the Beatles. Yeah, I mean, just doesn't deserve a response. I how dare you say that about Louis Anderson? <laughs> you put. I'm, sure, I'm sure Ringo was a fine artist. See, the reason I don't want to say anything is because I don't want to say anything that I'll regret because uh, I'm I'm uh, you know I got I got an Austin storm. Brewing here, you young whippersnappers don't know nothing about good cartoons. <laughs> they were the greatest. They who, invented cartoons. Who do you think would be a better performer of the song "Let It Be"? The Beatles or MC Hammer? MC Hammer. Next oh, yeah. question. See, this is what I deal with, folks, every single day. Join uh, the zone coming up on Friday from two to six at the warehouse, eighty-six East University Parkway in Orem. Prices so low it'll blow your mind. How about this? Who would do a better, uh, better version of Yellow Submarine? The Beatles or Tom from the Warehouse? Tom, <laughs> easy, with his you mouth guys, taped shut. Yeah, it's just, it's just intolerable, unsalvageable even. Uh. <laughs> Which would you rather listen to, Revolution Number Nine, or Tom <laughs> rap the deals at the warehouse oh. like the specials? Can you get him to do that on the Man Cave Show? We should. I that bet he would could be, do it. We'd go viral. Would you was... rather hear Revolution Number Nine or a dying animal? That one. Well, you... <laughs> a dying barn swallow. In fact, how about dead skunk in the middle of the road? Was that a Beatles tune? Is that a song? I think so. Sounds like a... dead skunk in the middle of the road. Sounds like a country song. Maybe it was your boy Chesney. No, it wasn't that. It was way, way long time I'm ago. on the beach like a dead skunk. Well, you pick the out the road. Beatles' worst song of all time, and then you make it sound like that was their norm. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Revolution number nine was not the Beatles' <laughs> worst song. It was music's worst song. <laughs> <laughs> all right, stay tuned. <laughs> More big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I won. He'll get one free. What a quarter. 20 for Donovan in the game. 13 in the quarter on five of six shooting. Waiters drives left side. Kicks out to Davis. Three ball. Good. And the Lakers are spreading it out right now. 78-71. Jazz within six. 45 seconds left. Anthony Davis through the leg. Step back three. Over Gobert. And he hit. Holy cow. He's 6-10. As Lee Jenkins wrote in Sports Illustrated, God made him when he got bored after creating Kevin Durant. Wow. That's quite the 
That's quite the comment there from Locke. Anthony Davis was amazing last night, Gordon. And I don't know if many teams have an answer for the Lakers' size and Anthony Davis' versatility, but the Jazz certainly did not. And they don't. They no. don't. I'm convinced, having seen what I've seen this year uh, with the Jazz trying to defeat the Lakers, that that's, uh, that is a team they can't beat. You know, I'm almost coming around on our, our ongoing discussion of who would be the best matchup for the Jazz in the playoffs. I'm almost coming around on Houston because it's it's the team. It's it's like the one team we're talking about that the Jazz would not be outsized significantly. That's true, but the but are the Rockets better at playing the kind of game that the Jazz want to play than the Jazz are? I don't know if the Jazz want to play exactly like the Rockets. Um because they don't have a player like James Harden. And plus what the Rockets are doing with Russell Westbrook is really weird because yeah. they don't want him shooting threes. So they're, it, it's a little bit different. My, my concern with the Rockets wouldn't necessarily be the, the scoring to keep up um, as much as it would be the Rockets switching defense, which sounds weird. But that really, as we've seen the past two years, takes the Jazz totally out of what they want to do. What about the fact that they don't have Clint Capella in there anymore? Well, see, you would think that that would matter, right? But yet... When we saw the last time the Jazz played the Rockets, the the Rockets were just fine uh, dealing with Rudy Gobert without Clint Capella. That is true. So I well, mean, and and I I was surprised. I mean, who was it? It was P.J. Tucker. They were playing on Rudy, right? And you would think, God, why isn't Rudy having his way? And he just didn't. So I don't know. Well, I was impressed by the Rockets beating the Bucks the other night, but then the. Bucks lost to the Nets, I think, didn't they? Yeah, did you read the so, story about that, that the, the Rockets players were hanging out at the pool with the Nets players and they gave them the secret to beat yeah, the— Yeah, yeah, I the, saw that. And that you know, when I, that, that is really an interesting thing about what's going on with everybody being so in such close proximity. I know. I imagine much, if I wonder, they were allowed to play doubles ping pong. I wonder how much of that is happening. Tons. Of course it is. The Wizards could win it all if they could play double ping pong. It, it's less about sharing tips about playing other teams, and it's more about the colluding that I think is happening. Or not colluding. Maybe that's not, that's not the right word, right? Canoodling. Canoodling. No, not what, that either. No, what are you saying? Uh, what am I, you know. Uh, collaborating. Collaborating. Or, or planning to, I don't know, what, what am I looking for? Corroborating. Yeah, recruiting. That's where tampering. There's the word uh, I'm looking for. Well, that's yeah. boring. Sorry. I like I like canoodling. That's the stuff I bet that's going. So on. you don't do you think that the guys who are trying to talk certain guys into coming that they don't have contact during the normal summer? Yeah, but as you mentioned, they're much more close quarters, much more yeah. on top of each other, much more. And they're, probably, uh, and they're probably bored more. Right, much more opportunity for those conversations to take place. So yeah. you know, you're just sitting around doing nothing as opposed to in normal circumstances during the summer. You're you know, uh, taking your kids to camp or going on vacation or doing all the other personal stuff that distract us during our off time. So, so if you were a member of the Jazz and you saw someone on a different team talking to Donovan Mitchell, would that be like somebody talking to your girl? Oh, yeah. I bet there's all sorts of drama around that. Hmm. What were you guys talking about? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I, I get back to the whole Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, LeBron thing. They hatched that uh, when they were playing for the Dream Team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys could have had those communications uh, elsewhere, I'm sure, but they were having a shared experience. We had a show about this. All these guys are having these shared experiences. You know, you'd never know who you're going to identify with or become better friends with or worse friends with. I mean, didn't we all kind of have that happen when we go to Boy Scout camp or whatever as kids where all of a sudden you're – 
buddies with somebody you weren't before or you have a falling out with somebody? I mean, you, you have these close-quartered shared experiences, just like having how, roommates. How effective is that relative to all the other factors that come into play? Pretty such effective. As ability to win, you know, and other things, uh, how you fit in, how you like a city, the money, all that. I think I think it all it all matters, but I mean, you know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant basically made plans to join forces, right? That was about winning, but they still did it. Yeah, hmm. and they decided they didn't want to play for the Knicks, so they they kind of picked their city. So, do you think clubs are spying on their own players? I would be. I think there's a lot of spying period going on in that thing. <laughs> do you think they have microphones hung in the trees and stuff? Mm, maybe, I mean, how how uh, like how many uh, in the wardrobe? No, how many uh, uh, communist tactics do you think the NBA's picked up from China? <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody wow. told me once when I was at Disneyland, uh, a friend of mine said, if you and I got in a fight right now, there would be an undercover security person on you within ten seconds. I believe it, one hundred percent. So if they, if they got all the if they got all that capability there, maybe Adam Silver can, or his minions can, uh, can tune into that. I'm telling you, depends on how many lessons they've learned, Gordon. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, maybe. I wonder if that would be a good thing or a bad thing for the Jazz. I wonder if they could talk somebody into coming to play for them, as opposed to having one of their guys lord away. All right, uh, real quick here. I'd just like to point out that uh, Joe has just now got in, gotten around to posting your column, Gordon. So well, thanks I, for that I, post. They posted a while ago. Oh, well, they just got and now got uh, around. Joe vacation this week, so don't blame him. I mean, yeah. Well, who do you get to call and yell at then? And again, nobody. can we record it? There's nobody to yell at. Stop it. Oh, well, there's got to be somebody over there to yell at. Come on. No. They just tweeted no, it out 30 seconds ago. That's like three no. hours too late. Somebody well, deserves to pay. What, what, what? Too late for who? The world. <laughs> well, I like the way you're thinking, but it's not. It doesn't matter. What would mid-90s Gordon do? Huh? Yeah, what would mid-90s? Somebody would be not, fired. Nothing. Oh, no. Not over <laughs> something like this. No way. Somebody would have paid with their The headline employment. on that column is, Nobody Loves BYU, and that fact stings the Cougars still. So something tells me I may not be getting a whole lot of love from certain folks in Provo. Why? As I said, the headline is "Nobody Loves BYU," and that fact stings the Cougars still. Oh, like, like love, you think like that'll a, be a popular take. Do you mean you, you know? don't love BYU? You mean like a like a companion love? A companion love, like, like a like a spouse. Oh, a love, love. Yeah. Who wrote the book? Uh, who wrote the book? The Four Loves. Uh, Carl Reiner. No, that was no, that was Rob, his son. <laughs> <laughs> Meathead, or whatever his name was. No, who was the guy? Come on, you know who it is. Uh, who wrote? Well, I've never even heard of that. Uh, Four loves. Doctor Spock. You mean the no. la- love languages? No. You mean the 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 person who writes all the erotic Winneman's novels? 
What, what's uh, the name of, of that person? The C.S. Lewis. Daniel Squ- Quite the opposite. C.S. Lewis. No. Four loves. I can't remember what they were, but there's all kinds of different kinds of love. Danielle Steele. Kind of love that's what I was going about. for. Lewis <laughs> Capaldi? That's not it. About How about Dean Koontz? No? I told, I told you guys about the time I got that book at the Chicago airport, right? That sounds like a riveting story. <laughs> a time I tell time about I you picking up a, a book. book at the airport. <laughs> we hit a new low. No, no. We were on. My wife and I were on I our way to one of our ones. one of our locations oh. and heading to the uh, Caribbean and somewhere. And uh, I uh, I said I told my wife I said I'm going to pick out a romance novel because I want to see because I'd never re- read one before. I didn't know why they sell so much. And so I, I shut my eyes. I said, okay, point me in the right direction. She pointed me over to where they were. I picked a book out. with It had no pictures or anything. I went over and... And I, I went over, I went over and paid for it, and took it on the trip. And I started reading it. And let's just say that the uh, the romance novel was more of the erotic nature. And uh, so I, I I left the book there at the place we stayed. Austin, did I ever tell you that story when wow. I was uh, when I was flying to Vegas? I mean, wow! But <laughs> my wife was reading some book about raising children properly, and I'm over here with this uh, hot and heavy book that uh, is uh, describing all kinds of stuff. Austin, did I ever tell you about the time where I was uh, at the airport flying to Vegas and I uh, I used the restroom? <laughs> oh. That's no. it. That's the end of the story. Uh, I I use the restroom. No, no, that's a lot different. Than the, I I never bought an erotic book before. On that note, all right, stay tuned. More big show next. Ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, who, who, what band was it that said uh, Tuesday's Gone with the Wind, Gordon? We were we were uh, talking about bands earlier. Leonard Skinner. I think that is Leonard Skinner. That's is a good it? song. Well, I could only I could only stand so much of you guys insulting the Beatles again for 15 minutes. Oh, 15 minutes. I mean, so I, so I would that's say what it felt like. we spent 10% of the time ripping on the Beatles that you spent talking about aliens yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe, and today, yeah, right. By and the way, today. good. No, point. I didn't. Bring, your, your oh, yeah, non-apology. I did. I, all I did was point out that uh, the error of my ways, according to one of our listeners, who was very educated and very uh, intelligent in his presentation of how the pyramids got where they are. Which Austin and I were telling you yesterday, and you ignored us, but yet listen to this person. Well, this guy actually knew what he was talking about. <laughs> Tells you the exact same thing. Josh called the show yesterday, and you didn't listen to him. No, Josh. No, said but that he, he said that the aliens did build the yeah. the pyramids. Oh, so Gordon yeah. did listen to Josh, but not <laughs> us. My, then, yeah. Oh, well, I, I mean, actually, the whole thing was a joke. But what uh, <laughs> this particular listener, who's a regular listener, by the way, so he listens to his big show all the time, and he usually really likes it on Sports Report, but he didn't like that one. That's that's well, so fake. It's good listening. No, no. I you want me to read? I can read you the whole. I want a name. email. No, it's like, no. It's like five pages long. Let's not do that. Okay. 
I'm just glad that somebody was able to talk some sense into you. I wish it were Austin or me, but in this case, shout out to our listener. <laughs> I guess progress is still progress. Yeah, right. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to make up a fake name and send Gordon all sorts of crazy stuff in emails now. <laughs> Don't think I haven't done that before. <laughs> Uh, what you put in that email, Gordon will believe. I once did make up a, a, an email to send a coworker. Uh, they were driving me so crazy how they were pronouncing something incorrectly. Did you email them about I it? I made up a fake Gmail and sent them an email. That's hilarious. It was the only thing because they wouldn't listen to me. And Gordon but hasn't see, mispronounced Nantucket since. No, see, you, you, this, here's the thing. This guy went through the historical, the whole history of the pyramids, and so by the time he was done, I knew that he knew what he was talking about. So you guys don't have that kind of background, that kind of knowledge. Okay. You win. <laughs> but aliens is not a topic that the show no. needs to no, discuss. No, no, no. Uh, I learned my lesson. We want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks to Bowler for jumping on. In fact, I will never bring up aliens on this show ever again. Oh, you promise? audio if you do. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Well, I'm probably going to regret that. Yeah, I think you will. Now there's going to be some story about aliens actually landing on planet Earth, and oh. I'm not going to be able to talk about it because I just said that. You just, you, we just won. We didn't go six seconds. Yeah, we just won. <laughs> Game oh, over. Yeah, no, incriminating no. audio. Tune in tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> this is still part of the same discussion. Winner, winner, starting now. chicken dinner. What should no, we have, Gordon? Right now. What should we have, Gordon? Say? The Beatles are the most overrated oh, band of all time. Beatles are sorry. hot garbage. Sorry. Yep. Nope, not doing it. <laughs> Shouldn't have said aliens. Shouldn't have. No, up. I did. This was part of the same. We hadn't said go yet. <laughs> what would let? Let's think here. Uh, no, from here on out, I will never use that word again on the show. Okay. I, I think you already lost. I'm already going down the the no, list of what we've we, got to we, have no, uh, have no. you recorded. No, record. we were still discussing it. A dying cat could have sung better than Paul McCartney. <laughs> I ain't doing that one, guys. Sorry, you can get me to do it. And I've I've been willing to play right along and and say some pretty goofy things through the years, but I ain't saying that. So so uh, the the whole my wife's pet name for me is Bowler did not cross <laughs> the line, that. but you bagging on the Beatles is 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 crossing the line. Okay. Notice his pet name for me is I know oh, when you go. when you do lose your next incriminating audio bet, when you do bring up aliens, it's it's going to be a Beatles theme incriminating audio. So you We've just heard this that, story a 100 times. Let's move you on. You just keep that in mind uh, as uh, as we progress here. It's going to be Beatles related. But it's so that's a good story. I don't think I can top that. Everybody from my generation and many people from you guys' generation agrees with me. So to hear you guys run the Beatles down the way you do is is is, is, is I I just can't handle it. So the majority's always right. It's it's less it's less our distaste for the Beatles and more that that's the easiest answer in the history of music. Parking stall lines are merely suggestions. And of oh, yeah, course you're, that you're, would be yours. Disa- yeah, but you're disagreeable about the whole thing. Yes, I don't think the Beatles are the best band ever. Yes, I, I that is true. Probably because you didn't live through it. Maybe the most influential. My favorite, my favorite bands of all time. I didn't live through. 
And yes, I didn't live through the the. I better uh, fall in with the popular kids and say I like something I don't. Yeah, that, that well, I didn't who, live through that. What band is your favorite of all time that you didn't live through? Benny Goodman. Uh, the Doors, maybe. There's a band I didn't live through. Yeah, but there was some kind of influence you had in your life there. I mean, your parents or somebody liked that band, and that had an effect. Oh, on my you. dad hates the Doors. Both my parents don't like the Doors. <laughs> all right, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Big Show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty of the Zone.